0: This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Lance Taylor, you didn't know you were walking into the fire here. Is this crazy to you too? You're not a real political guy, but when you hear people saying that Kevin McHale can never be employed in the NBA again because he went to a Donald Trump rally, you're reasonable. You're middle of the road like me. Doesn't that sound crazy to you? Uh, it's
3: a little ridiculous. Clay, you can, you can hate Kevin McHale because he was a great Celtic if you're a Laker guy like me. But, uh, yeah, I think this is beyond weird. And again, whatever your political affiliation is, um, I, I just, I can't believe in 2018 we're here. I mean, look, you can hate Donald Trump, but because he wants to support Donald Trump doesn't mean the guy can't work at the NBA. I, I, I mean, I'm baffled.
0: I just I am I am blown away you can weigh in I'll get to your calls the final segment of the show 877-996-6369 let Jason Martin know what you want to talk about um I'm curious uh okay we've got the actual NBA draft going on uh the NBA draft is uh is taking place looks like DeAndre Ayton is going to be by far the number one overall pick and uh, the Phoenix Suns are going to take him first of all let me circle back around on this level would you be willing, given what's going on with Kawhi Leonard's health right now, to sign him to a $44 million-a-year contract, which is what he would make for the next five years?
3: Um, I think I would. I mean, obviously, you've got to get uh, multiple checks here, and, and you've got to get him cleared medically. But, I mean, if he's cleared medically, I mean, at 27 years old, he's a top-five guy. I mean, I don't know if there's a better perimeter defender right now. He's probably the best we've seen in the last 20 years. You know, I've heard him compared to Scottie Pippen, but I think a better offensive weapon right now. I think Kawhi is that good. He's just a freakish athlete uh, with with freakish measurables, and he seems to get better each and every year. I think there is a lot of concern uh, that we really didn't see him this past year. And, you know, I think there's even a little more concern with maybe the attitude and what was viewed as, you know, one of the – best locker room guys out there it's it's been kind of a weird situation with what's going on in san antonio but i think if he's medically cleared he definitely is a top five guy
0: what do you see in the top 10 ish of the nba draft i mean i think there's a general consensus maybe uncertainty about what's going to happen at two or three after deandre ayton what do you see as plays that can be made here that are interesting are there any guys that can be Jason Tatum, like that, you know, you see and you think, oh, you know what? That guy could have an impact. As he moves into you know the 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 later months of the NBA season and then into the playoffs and here are kind of the guys that right now according to let's see sportsbook review are out there that everybody seems to think are going to be at the top of of the list in some way Luka Doncic I think is how you pronounce his name yeah uh, Jaren Jackson uh, Marvin Bagley Muhammad Bamba Trey Young uh, Michael Porter uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Colin Sexton, um, uh, Michael Bridges. Uh, anyway, I've seen a lot of these guys play. If they played at high level uh, NBA, uh, high level college basketball, what would you say in general as you break down this top ten? Make sense?
3: Well, I, I think there's a lot of guys that have big time potential. You mentioned Doncic. I mean, this guy's 19 years old. He was the Euro MVP. And reading different articles, you know, a lot of people said that the most most ready guy for the NBA Finals this year coming out of this draft is 19-year-old Doncic. But, you know, is this going to be more of a situation where you get a, a Dirk, a guy that can come in for 15 years and be an MVP and actually carry a team to a championship, or is this going to be a – I heard you guys talking about Darko. Um, you know, with these Europeans, you just never know what you're going to get. He looks the part. You know, I remember watching Porzingis in early workouts. I mean, he he looked the part. This guy looks more fluid, obviously a different player. This guy plays, you know, he's a six-eight point. Um, you know, Porzingis was a 7-footer that can do a lot of different things. But, I mean, this guy's got an unbelievable skill set, so I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, you look at a guy like Mo Bamba. I mean, he's got a 7'10 wingspan, Clay. That's one of those situations. You ever drop the cell phone, it goes to the back seat, and you're trying to drive down the road, and you almost kill 15 people because you're trying to reach for the cell phone? This guy yes. can keep hand on steering wheel, reach back, get cell phone, probably get you know whatever he wants out of the back seat i mean a 7 10 wingspan is crazy and this is also a guy you know one of the measurables is they've got to run three-fourths of the court and they time it Um uh, he ran the exact same time that john wall and russell westbrook did at seven feet
0: that's unbelievable so, i
3: mean yeah just an incredible athlete um i watched him here locally against alabama go for 17 11 and six blocks so he's he's really raw coming out after his freshman year, but I think he's got a ton of upside. And then Marvin Bagley, the third, I mean, a guy that we watched dominate at Duke. Um, you know, and, and then another guy that if he can get the bag right, you talked about Kawhi Leonard, you know, if he's medically cleared, if Michael Porter Jr., a guy that we only saw, you know, two minutes in November and then we didn't see him again until the SEC tournament, it was a little underwhelming in the SEC tournament and one round of the NCAA tournament, but I think Porter's got a huge upside and most people believed he would have been number one overall if he never would have gotten hurt.
0: One guy who's changed the NBA clearly is Steph Curry, and everybody's looking for the next, next Steph Curry. And so as a result, there's been a lot of discussion about Trey Young. You buy into him or not?
3: Um, I did November, December, just based on eye test. But watching him in March, Clay, I mean, you look at the last 10 games of his Oklahoma career. They were 2-8. and eight. He was 28-108 of 108 behind the arc. They lose in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. They lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. You know, a guy like Trey Young, if if you believe, and he said this, I'm the best player in this draft, if you really believe that, um, you got to be able to lead your team to some wins. And I just thought he was bad down the stretch, and I'm not so certain he's going to be the next next Steph Curry. Yeah, he's got an unbelievable range, um, but he can't defend, and I just think there's there's a lot of question marks surrounding Young right now.
0: You're in Alabama. We're talking to Lance Taylor, uh, 94.5, jocks down in Birmingham. Good friend of mine, uh, hosts a popular show down there in the morning in Birmingham. You watch Colin Sexton play a ton. I loved at times his game, at other times, he disappeared. But his ability to get to the basket and create his own shot seems like it translates really well to the NBA Uh, in terms of his uh, shooting. He can still work on his outside shooting and everything else. But at times, I was like, man, I think this guy's going to be really good. Uh, what did you think, having watched Colin Sexton play a ton?
3: Well, we're talking about speed. When I talk about guys like John Wall and, and Russell Westbrook, um, this guy can get up and down the court. He's an aggressive player. Um, I agree with you. I think the range is a big question mark right now. I think that might scare me more than anything else. Um, but he is a guy that attacks. Um, he's obviously got tremendous handle, You know, just kind of a wiry guy. You know, shot thirty three percent behind the art, but still, that scares me right now. But I think there's a lot of upside with Sexton, but I'm not so sure that uh, that uh, Shea Gilgis Al- Alexander out of Kentucky's not better right now. Doncic is obviously a better prospect, so if you're looking at Sexton, he might be your third best point guard. But I still think he's going to be a lottery guy tonight.
0: Uh, another guy that obviously everybody talked about because he was at Duke for a long time, Grayson Allen. Does he have any possibility to become an NBA player who has an impact, or to you is he a end-of-the-bench guy that never really makes much of a, a substantial impact in the game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to make an impact like a J.J. Redick. He can do a lot of different things, and I remember him coming onto the scene, and look, he's one of the reasons Duke won that national championship game against Wisconsin. His play in the second half, I don't know how much better he's gotten, and he's obviously a guy that annoys a lot of people. When I was looking around, Uh, the last couple of days for props on where he will go in this draft. Um, I'm going to assume he goes middle of the second round, um, but I don't think he's going to be an impactful NBA guy. We'll see.
0: It's actually, Uh, a according to Offshores right now, will Grayson Allen be a first-round pick? Is a dead even minus 115 on yes, minus 115 on no, uh, according to uh, sportsbookreview.com. So, uh, last question for you as uh, as we kind of roll out. We didn't talk a lot about this, but Ted Cruz played Jimmy Kimmel. And I'm thinking about Ted Cruz, obviously, because I just brought up Grayson Allen, who is his uh, who is his dad, it appears, based on photos. Doppelganger, uh, no he, doubt. Yeah, If you were Jimmy Kimmel and you lost to Ted Cruz head-to-head, as he did, 11-9, to would you ever pick up a basketball for the rest of your life?
3: I mean, I would just publicly come out and just say, look, I'm an entertainer. I'm an awful athlete. Um, it's still embarrassing that, that a guy that that is known to sing and dance would still lose to Ted Cruz. I yes. don't know why you put yourself in that situation unless you knew 1,000% you're going to win that game.
0: I, I agree with you. Uh, Lance, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, thanks for stepping into the fire here. Okay, have fun with it. See ya. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We're joined now as we are every single Thursday. I had to think there for a minute what day it was. Thursday by John Morosi. Uh, appreciate him joining us now. Uh, John Morosi at John Morosi on Twitter J O N M O R O S I. And when you are looking right now at the universe of baseball, all right, what is standing out to you in in terms of this Yankee Red Sox? What I think is probably the best overall story going on right now is the Yankees and the Red Sox being back at the top of baseball. I saw an unbelievable stat for you, John Marozzi. I'm sure you've probably seen this, um, but this is amazing. Best starts to Yankee seasons, and I'm not sure 100% this is true, but somebody shared it who I believe is right. <laughs> 1928 uh 39 98 27 32 26 23 36 37 and 53 all of those starts 47 and 22 are are better and they won the world series they lost the world series once are the yankees capable of winning the world series and how impressed are you with them out of the gate as you look at the at the at the red sox versus the yankees the yankees now 49 and 22 and in first place in the al east
1: Well, Clay, certainly this Yankee team can win the World Series. There is no question about that. I do believe that if they're going to eventually do it, they've got to add one more starting pitcher between now and July 31st at the trade deadline. Uh, They're a little bit thin there uh, in terms of depth, which is remarkable to say, as you mentioned that record, that I'm saying that they're deficient in one area. It's not really a a deficiency perhaps as much as it is just a little bit of injury and attrition there Masahiro Tanaka's on the DL, as is Jordan Montgomery. And I, I think to really finish what could be a storybook season for them, as you saw last night with the, the comeback and, and the Giancarlo Stanton walk off home run, what, what that moment represents for him and for the franchise, I think there's just one starting pitcher short. And I think in general, too, that you mentioned the Red Sox and Yankees. This is the best the rivalry has been, in my opinion, since the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. Things changed after that. Uh, I think it lost a little bit of the old historical meaning, and, and I think that the Red Sox and their fans, there wasn't quite that same level of desperation that added such a powerful emotion to all those games because of that 86-year drought between championships. And now it's just a matter of the, the sheer talent on both sides is that immense. And you've got young stars in... in Judge, and now Stanton, and D.D. D. Gregorius on the Yankee side. Uh, and, and, of course, now coming in Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar, and then the Red Sox, they've got Mookie Betts and, and the new arrival J.D. Martinez to go along with a, a really star-studded rotation with with three former Cy Young winners. So there's, just a, there's a lot to like with the way the Red Sox are playing right now as well. So it's a very top-heavy American League right now, Clay. It, it's been only one time in history – back in 1942 that we've seen three different teams in one league all finish at 650 or better and at the moment the red sox yankees and astros are all on pace to do that in terms of their winning percentage this year
0: i i read an article talking about baseball attendance and i believe it was down I think it was a wall street journal that i read it in i can't remember exactly where it was i think the baseball attendance was down like 6.8 percent so far this year and uh the 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 commissioner rob manfred said hey we're not really concerned about this we've had some rough weather do you think that you know we talked a lot about the uh, nfl losing its audience do you think that baseball has any issue here or when you look at some of these empty stadiums is this just symptomatic of uh i don't know i mean is this something baseball should be concerned about
1: well i I think this clay the the number one yes the the weather this spring was was atrocious in so many areas and and i think is a really huge factor that explains why those numbers are down. I also think that, that the numbers indicate and really validate a lot of what the commissioner's been saying for a very long time, that baseball has to find ways to modernize and engage better with young fans, young families. Uh, the, the, the time of games is, I think, an impediment for, for families to, to appreciate the game at home on television and watch the game as a, as a family. In a timely fashion uh and I think it also in turn then uh, affects the the same willingness of that family to to spend the money that's required to to buy four or five tickets and parking and hot dogs and everything else that goes along with it as a family outing so i I think really in a in a very strong way clay it it, it actually underscores what the commissioner has been saying for a long time and and I think really. Calls into into um, into the forefront the the r- the real importance of the union being a partner and in, in figuring out and talking about the players' union, of course, and, and the empires union as well, figuring out how they can best present the game to the next generation. Uh, the game is still is still beautiful as it's ever been, and and the baseball has so many great and recognizable phenomenal young stars who who I think are are promoted very well and 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 promote themselves very well but there are there are things that that have to happen on both fronts by the players and by mlb i think to, to get to, the, to, to to help the game either stay or get to the place where it belongs as uh, as one of the great uh, forms of, of entertainment that we've got in this country sports
0: or otherwise last question for you and this is a fun one the Philly Fanatic launching hot dogs i don't know if you heard about this using his customary yeah. launcher the fanatic hit a woman <laughs> and uh she was unable yeah. to it says catch or deflect the hot dog is this the toughest injury you've heard of in a uh in a uh, in a major league baseball park
1: well as a uh in terms of mascot relations yes uh, obviously uh bats and balls can can do more damage uh and in our are certainly uh, the, probably the greater concern to the vast majority of the fans, but uh, yeah, the, the the on the DL with the hot dog injury is a uh, that's pretty uh, that's pretty intense. So I, I think it. Uh, I, I would say this, Clay. You always when you're at the ballpark, I, I think it's actually one of the great reasons uh, that that, uh, that you always need to make sure that you're. Uh, keeping your head dead uh, about you when you're at the ballpark. we got to watch out for flying baseballs and bats, but also now hot dogs. And so my advice, bring your glove, bring your mitt, no matter what, no matter where you're sitting, uh, whether it's a, a flying a piece of food or, or a ball, be ready. Uh, when the pitch is in play, you've got to be on your toes, I suppose.
0: Keep your head on a swivel. We'll do the same. John Morosi, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us.
1: Sounds great, Clay. Thanks so much, my friend. Always great catching up
0: with you. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are going to be joined now by Jason Whitlock at WhitlockJason on Twitter uh, when, I believe, is he ready? We have got him. Uh, Jason, you there with me?
2: Yes, I am.
0: Welcome in. Thanks for waking up early with us on the West Coast. Uh, I don't know if you have read or seen the full story yet, but let me fill you in. For those of you who are waking up across the country, one of the craziest outrage stories I have yet seen spiral out of social media. Last night in Duluth, Minnesota, Donald Trump had a rally. 9,000 people attended there. One of the people who was attending happened to be Kevin McHale. He was just in the crowd. People recognized him there in the crowd. They shared photos of him. They are now demanding that TNT cut ties with him and that he never get a job in the NBA again. All of this for attending the rally of the current president of the United States near his hometown where he grew up in Minnesota. Jason Whitlock, your thoughts.
2: Uh, I I am aware of the story. I I saw it earlier. I was up early this morning. And, you know, I I just want to see where it goes. You know, this is typical of social media. But we'll see if the NBA TV and Turner, if they react, uh, you know, I I hope that they don't. I hope that this is just, you know, more Twitter outrage that hopefully media outlets are starting to be smart enough to figure out that, you know, Twitter is the headquarters for left-wing insanity and, you know, that people understand Kevin McHale – has a right and a freedom to have his own political thoughts without fear of retribution of losing his job
0: it's an interesting question in general and by the way let me give you this score update because i know a lot of people out there are watching and listening we actually are big evidently in new zealand and australia Aus- australia has tied it up 1-1 with denmark as we approach the halfway point in the world cup game that's currently airing on fs1 Some people, I think it's always an interesting question, Jason. When do you decide to comment and talk about a subject if you think that it's ridiculous? And this is kind of a decision that sometimes I have to make because I'm on so early in the morning, a lot of times I'm ahead of the news cycle, right? Like, I know that stories are probably going to end up being stories as the day progresses, but we're on 6 to 9 a.m. You know, it's 5 40 out in the morning and on the west coast right now when do you address a story and label it ridiculous and when do you not pay attention to it at all and not give it any attention like do you think about stories like that sometimes Because to me when I do this radio show sometimes when I see a story like this Mikel story and it's trending and there are more people talking about it than are talking about the NBA draft a part of me thinks should I give it oxygen and even talk about it Or should I ridicule it and say, I can't believe this is controversial now that if you show up at the president's rally, people are demanding you lose your job? No,
2: I mean, when I saw it this morning, that was one of my first thoughts. Like, hey, we're going to be doing Speak for Yourself later in the day. Is this a story or is this just more from the fantasy world of Twitter? Because I just don't think Twitter is a reflection of reality, but the mainstream media is addicted to Twitter. And they let Twitter drive what is talked about and discussed and what's treated as serious. And so, you know, I believe Twitter is the headquarters for fake news. And that's why we went several years, uh, you know, with stories just constantly generated with the belief or the narrative that the police were just out randomly and almost on a daily basis, weekly basis, killing unarmed black men. And not injuring anyone else because that's what Twitter was feeding us, and the media just fed off that and reported that story out. And cities burned down, and uh, there was, you know, the racial divide in America got wider and wider. And so, yeah, I think it's a legit question. Do you address this clearly ridiculous story about Kevin McHale? But, you know, based on history, the mainstream media is going to pick this up. And there will be people uh, going after, you know, allegedly responsible media people going after Kevin McHale and, and you know, labeling him as racist and one of the worst humans on the planet uh, for attending a political rally of our current sitting president. Uh, you know, I I think you probably had no choice but to address it, but it's it's just a sad reflection of where we are in the mainstream media today.
0: And I want to give you credit for this cuz you were one of the first person the first person if not the only person I heard saying this years ago before we knew that Russia was out there and that much of the universe of Twitter was populated by bots and people trying to sow division for political purposes. You believed and saw and said Twitter is rigged. It's being set up to divide us. And as all these stories continue to come out, I think there was a story that Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has been retweeting Russian bots himself uh, that are designed to say like sensational things that does, you know, again, paint everybody who agrees with you as a saint and everybody who disagrees with you as the devil. Um, this is a big problem. And I think it's contributed in a large way to our national discourse being where it is now.
2: Listen, the American media, print media first, and then television media and broadcast media second, just fell in love with going viral. How can I go viral? And so clickbait became the number one currency in the American media, and it still is to this day. And clickbait is highly sensationalized, often unfair. And because all of these social media from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook, all of it, Snapchat, all of it originates from out of Northern California and Silicon Valley and San Francisco. And so there is a political bent uh, to Northern California, and those values are being shoved down the American media's throat and, uh, you know, New York used to be the headquarters and mecca for the American media. Well, now it's Northern California, it's Silicon Valley, it's San Francisco, and it has a different set of values than what we're used to from the mainstream media. The media has always been, had a liberal bent, but now it's really far left and extreme. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been obvious for a long time, and then just throw on top of that just how Twitter, just and I can remember if you remember the movie Sharknado I can remember when Sharknado was trending all over Twitter and everybody was talking about Sharknado and then the television ratings came out and nobody was watching Sharknado <laughs> and that's yeah. why I was like ah I'm right, this is not a reflection of the real world it's a small little subset niche that isn't reflective of what's going on in reality, and we just see it time and time and time again. I want to say this: people like think I'm I'm beating up on him, but I'm I'm really not. It's just like when we talk about the sports media, just any media, everybody's falling in love with. Oh my God, so and so has five million Twitter followers. They're they're so powerful. People are just in love with that person. They have a big audience that they command. And we looked at Bill Simmons' original HBO show that couldn't draw anybody. And he just had another HBO show, this courtside in the NBA. It drew 160,000 viewers. And he's got five or six million Twitter followers. It, there's just no connection. People have bought a lot of followers, there's a lot of computer bots that are followers. It's, again, and if you happen to be a celebrity who fits all the left-wing, checks all the left-wing boxes, Twitter will rig it up so you can build a massive following and look like you're all-powerful. If you're middle-of-the-road or conservative Twitter, and have a voice in the media, Twitter will make sure it's very difficult for you to build your following.
0: I think it's fascinating. Uh, we're talking to Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason on Twitter. This to me represents a new universe where you don't like. It's one thing if you stand up on the stage, right? LeBron James br- went up and and stood on the stage with Hillary Clinton and said, "I'm LeBron James. Please vote for uh, Hillary Clinton for president." Kevin McHale was in the crowd, and someone found his picture. And now there are many people on social media demanding that he never be allowed to call another game for TNT and that he uh, also never be able to be affiliated with the NBA in any way again. This is just, a, it's, it's a different level of scary than anything that we have seen so far. They went after his wife's Twitter account, all of these different things such that she shut down her Twitter account because she was getting so much negativity
2: well, uh, let's I, I, be honest. Let's be honest. Kevin McHale is nearly seven foot tall. I think he should have known he was going to be spotted. And so I, I think Kevin McHale, to some degree, may be good with this. He, he may yeah. have reached a point where he's like, I don't care if people know I'm a Trump supporter and follower. Uh, because, again, at, at six foot ten, it's pretty hard to hide anywhere. <laughs> He knew, I think he should have known and knew that people would take notice of him at a Trump rally. And he, frankly, he may just not give a damn.
0: Yeah, good for him if he doesn't. Uh, The NBA draft is tonight. Everybody on the show picked the guy they believe in the most. Is there a guy you believe in the most in this draft that you're like, this guy is going to be an all-star? Who would you go to the mat arguing is going to be the best to come out no of this clue. draft.
2: It's all a bunch of kids <laughs> that I have you don't have nearly enough information about uh, you know I, I have Back no in the clue. day
0: the NBA draft was amazing because we all knew all the players. We had watched them play for years in college and you would sit down and watch it. Now at least half the guys you're going to have watched hardly play at all so will you watch the entirety of the NBA draft tonight?
2: I'll watch but you know, not nearly as passionately. I mean, look, I've I got caught up in the DeAndre Ayton hype during the NCAA tournament and or before the NCAA tournament, and unloaded a boatload on Arizona to destroy Buffalo. Nice and Andre Ayton yeah. was an embarrassment. And that you just, just don't know enough about these kids. I learned my lesson. Good luck to the NBA scouts and general managers and coaches that got this thing figured out. I, I, who the hell knows? Will Trey Young be any good, or is he Jimmer for that? I don't know.
0: It is fun to uh, to think about. Uh, what else you got going on? You, I, for speak for yourself, what should people expect to see today?
2: Uh, I think we'll maybe talk a little bit about this Kevin McHale thing. I think uh, I, I think we may go back into this Jay Z thing and Puma and basketball shoes, and earlier in the week we had a little this conversation about that I wanted to circle back to just about what really sells shoes. Great basketball or rappers? You know, I think every, the media falls in love. Oh, you got this association with this or that rapper. uh, That's going to sell shoes. I just don't believe that. Michael Jordan is the greatest gym shoe seller in the history, and he 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 wasn't pretending to be a rapper he wasn't courting relationships with rappers he was a great basketball player played to middle america and anybody that just was into athletic greatness he didn't choose some political side he just wanted to be the greatest basketball player and he's still the greatest pitchman everybody buys his shoes so amen
0: hopefully everybody will buy my book two republicans buy sneakers too which makes a, uh, a big argument surrounding michael jordan jason whitlock fantastic as always watch him on speak for yourself follow him on twitter at whitlock jason thanks for thank him for getting up early with us oh, oh, oh,
1: O'Reilly. you need parts o'reilly auto parts has parts Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.